Welcome back to another episode of the Life in Digital podcast. This week, Ed Steer is joined by Nick Pinks, CEO and founder of Covertich. Welcome back to the Life in Digital podcast. On this week's episode, Ed Steer is joined by Nick Pinks, CEO and founder of Covertich, a platform which empowers companies to deliver exceptional brand experiences by identifying when, where and how each individual can engage with content, all without needing to expose personal data. In this episode, Ed hears from Nick about the work Covertich are doing to tackle the industry shift by combining privacy and personalisation to create the perfect solution. They discuss how the industry is making reparations from the impact of COVID and insights into the future of the ad tech industry. We hope you'll enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Life in Digital uh, podcast series. I'm delighted today and really grateful to be joined by Nick Pink, CEO at Covatic. Nick, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Ed, thank you so much for having me here. It's a real pleasure to be on your podcast today. Great stuff. And just jumping in, it'd be, it'd be great to hear about, 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 about you and the business, Nick, if you, if you could. Absolutely. So um, we started, I started Covatic um, about four and a half years ago. Uh, I span out of the University of Oxford. Um, and prior to that, I worked at the BBC. And my background, I'm an engineer by trade. Uh, mm-hmm. And my background's always been in media. Um, I, my first job was out of Pinewood Studios. And um, I absolutely love the industry, um, be it broadcast, film, TV, the whole gamut of, of the media space. Um, and throughout my time, um, I spent a lot of time looking at how people engage with content, be it radio, print, TV, web, when they do it, how's the best to engage, how's best to present that perfect magic moment, that perfect, incredible content. And one thing that stood out to me when we're looking at, you know, what can Covatic do or what can we bring to the industry is I think the most important data is often missed from um, the whole recommendation experience. And I mean, if you've got the likes of Netflix and you open up that recommendation screen, you end up spending ages clicking through to find something. And the reason isn't because the algorithms are wrong, but it, it's missing that who am I bit of it. What am I doing? What's my day like? Am I working in the office today? Have I been at home? Or do I go to school? If you don't have that real world context, it's incredibly difficult to present something like when you go for a run, listen to this or here's a podcast a great exceptionally interesting podcast uh, on your way into work and Kavatic really wanted to try to solve that we wanted to come up with a really good way that could be private by design and we'll talk a lot about privacy I'm sure um, and how to really protect the end user data and give that that nice warm comforting feeling when you when you, you turn on the radio or the television they don't know who I am just giving me some great content to give that kind of feeling while creating these really personal experiences and that, that's what Kavatic really set out to try and try and achieve that's super cool and so founding the business taking the plunge how did that all all, all, all kind of happen so it's a yeah. hard to think about hard to do yeah it wasn't it wasn't the, the most straightforward journey that's for sure um <laughs> um you know i think all these great things you start with uh you have an idea and a real passion and, and, and my passion was to try to bring this tech to the industry and um, yeah. i was very fortunate that my absolute best friend um uh, we were best men at each other's weddings 
uh, Rob, who I was uh, at uni with, uh, was well up for the challenge as well. And so the two of us um, formed the idea and went, let's, let's try to create this, this company, this, this, this entity. Um, and from my time at the BBC, when I was doing tech transfer, I worked with the University of Oxford quite a bit um, and had some good, good contacts there. We needed some really good tech um, and we needed some ex help and experience in how to take an idea to business and actually fundraise and create a, all the things that a company have from finding those first employees to finding the um, the money to pay for that, to build the company structure, to find an office, all those sorts of good things that you have to do and work, work, work out. Um, we, we did. Um, and it was, it was great. And, and yeah, that, that was a while ago, but we've had a number of, um, uh, we joke number of versions of Kavatic as the company's matured and grown over, over the, the last few years. Um, and uh, we got to the place now where we've got uh, 12 in incredible full-time uh, employees. Uh, we're a small bunch, but incredibly uh, passionate about what we're doing and committed. And they're really exciting data scientists and engineers um, creating some incredibly world-changing tech that we're very, very proud of. Yeah, well, actually, that's a great chance to ask. So, in a nutshell, what what is the tech? Sorry to ask two questions. Yeah, what what is the tech, and how does it work, and what what problems are you are you solving? Sure, I'll I'll answer the uh, last one first. Just yeah, sorry, terrible. So, no, no, no. So, the problem we're solving um, yeah. at the moment we're focusing on digital advertising. And yeah. So, digital advertising, it's a four hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. Yes. With a massive problem. There's a huge privacy issue. Mm -hmm. Digital advertising is able to offer an advertiser the ability to get their product in front of the right person at the right time. That's the promise of it. But to do that, today's tech requires that person to unintentionally expose everything about themselves so that the advertiser can find the right person. Mm -hmm. Um, and our proposition and our product is to flip that on the head. So we're looking at digital advertising and saying, well, why don't we enable algorithms and data processing to take place on the individual's device? So we're a mobile first product. Mm -hmm. So our, our product sits within our clients apps, apps that you use all the time. Yeah. And that learns all about an individual, all about that device, their pattern of life, what happens in the real world. And then it pulls down all the different ad opportunities and can make that selection on the device. And um, what we're able to do in, in this approach is deliver incredibly relevant advertising for an individual which is fantastic for the agency and the advertiser going, yes, I've got my product, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to sell or, or get, get presented in front of the right person. And that person's able to go, well, I've exposed none of my data. Kavatic, nor the client, nor the agency know who that person is. And it needs to. So, yeah, so that, that's, our, that's, that's our product. Yeah, that's yeah. our product. And then, so from a, like an ad, ad format and delivery point of view, where, um, you mentioned it's delivered on device. What what sort of formats and um, yeah, do you then have publisher relationships? How, how how does that work? Yeah, so the way we built it um, yeah. is to work with the current ad tech ecosystem. 
So if you're an agency or you're a publisher or an advertiser, there's a very well-known, uh, well, well-trodden path on how you go to sell ad uh, campaigns and strategies, how you, you buy them and how, how you build it. And we don't want to change all of that. That's all very well understood. So agencies can still sell to publishers. Publishers can still sell opportunities to, uh, to, to, to everyone else. You know, the whole, 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 whole market works. Um, and all we're doing is inserting key tags in the ad request itself. Uh, in, in the player, which goes off to the likes of Google Ad Manager or Freewheel. Yeah. And in, in that sense, we can do banner advertising, web advertising, you can do in video, in audio, um, all the different types of digital advertising that, that, that we see and hear and, and engage with every day. Yeah, so that's, 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 that's really, really cool. And then so it, it all, and it all stays on device. All of your personal data everything about that individual user that is used to create these these tags these moments remains on the device yeah that's great and with um the, the drive towards like more personalization and um, cookie-less advertising um creativity coming back into back into into ad tech in a big way yeah what, what, what do you think's on the agenda for the next few years for such a such a massive industry which just feels like um ad tech's really mature it also feels like it's being disrupted again at the moment which is okay, well, what, what do you think are the big the big themes for the next the next few years yeah I, th I think i mean the to say that the ad tech has been disrupted is, is absolutely correct it's been a very disruptive year for for ad tech um for two reasons one the uh there's, there's been this organic understanding around the GDPR and in the US, the CCPA, that's coming to force. And, and there's more digital privacy legisl legislation going out across the world. And people, society, are getting much more au fait with consumer rights around digital privacy. Mm. So there's a, a natural trend anyway to people going, well, why are you asking for my data here or what? No, I don't think I want to give you this. So there's a, an already organic um process that's been going through um, and then apple and google beginning of this year have made some really significant technical changes to the industry um, apple have turned around and have created a new toolkit called the att um, it's the apple uh transparency toolkit which um I don't know if you've seen on your phone in an app, it pops up saying, are you happy for this app to track you across the web? And 85% yes. you know, uh, of the world so far have said no, which okay. is entirely understandable. You know, of course yeah. you say no. The implication of that is the ID that was used and the ability to have an ID for that person to track them is removed. So suddenly, 85% of the world's digital advertising that was happening on iPhones had no data behind it. And suddenly the value of that fell apart. And so gone, hasn't it? completely gone. Yeah. The method around that is completely gone. Um, and this is to protect the consumer. Now, Kavatik's approach gets around all of that. I was going to ask you yeah, how do you how do you buy not bypass, but how do you consistently get get kind of have a different product that, that, that works in spite yeah. of that that choice? So we completely support what Apple are doing, um, and Google are doing the same thing in uh, Android yeah. twelve. It's called the Google yeah. Ad ID. That's going to be deprecated or able to be turned off by users. We think it's great. 
to be honest. I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. I think it's wrong that you're collecting, harvesting my data and publishing it to people you don't even know uh, uh, to, to, to yeah, decide against. It's, it's shocking. So our approach is actually called out in, in Apple's terms and conditions and the way it's all about. So if you use personal data and it remains on the device, that's great because it's secure. We're not saying don't use personal data. We know that the world likes personalization. We like things to be formatted and presented to us. And that only works by understanding what the person is doing. So personalization, great. Privacy, equally great. So if you can use the personal data on device to create the, uh, the, uh, the insights and the learnings that are required to deliver this targeted personalized advertising, then that's the big win. And that's what our product does. So uh, really it's been a, and we launched this about a month and a half ago. We launched it at the beginning of uh, June. Okay, cool. How long was it in the roadmap for to land on the like, good to go version? So we, uh, last year we, we joined um, Comcast, NBC, Universal's uh, accelerator powered by Techstars, which okay, cool. was amazing for us. It was a yeah. real game changer. It was based out of the US, although obviously all virtual. Um, and we're the only company outside of North America. There's 10, 11 of us in the class. Um, how, did you, how did you access it? Yeah, it was quite a pitch session. We had to do videos and so, so many interviews uh, in front of Comcast execs, Techstars execs, uh, screening committees. And it was a, it was a good four-month process yeah, um, yeah. to get in. And then we got in. It was a 12-week intensive um, sort of crash course on everything. But specifically for Kavatic, it put us very much um, under the wing of the Freewheel senior exec and Comcast advertising senior exec. And they've been so, such a great business. They've been so successful. Absolutely. And so since since then, we've been working on the advertising solution um, and they've been helping navigate to make sure that... And they took us from really which is just engagement-focused into an ad-focused proposition, which has been... Uh, a very successful transition for us so it's just been great and then so when you're selling i'm guessing it's from a demand point of view it's agencies who you're talking to actually we're, we're talking to mainly the publishers because it's going to sit in it's tech that sits inside their apps yeah um and they're the ones who are trying to upsell the data and the value of their brands and their their products to the agencies mm-hmm. um although we are now starting to go out to agencies as well oh, because we also want them exactly get them to start to create the demand for it um and i think uh, i think it's a very happy happy balance between the two um so Next next month is going to be very much the agencies. Well, I say that's all. Uh, we summer holidays after the summer holidays will be very much uh, agency focused as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 from a sort of a, 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 a privacy point of view and privacy safeguards, is that one of the sounds like that's going to be one of the key things you're you're talking to them about? Absolutely, privacy front and centre. Uh, it's really yeah. really important to have a solution that does deliver all the things that agencies need. For example, frequency capping. You don't want the same advert to be presented to the same person constantly and then not presented to the other person because um, just the way the way it's used. So you need to have a really good way of being able to provide validation that people are seeing the adverts, that they're consuming the content, that it's been delivered to the right people, we're targeting the right groups, it's, it's delivering the right impressions that are needed. So that's all the stuff the agencies need. 
um, while the publishers need to ensure that it's private by design, that their brands aren't getting um, damaged, that they're not taking on additional liabilities around it, and ultimately their users getting a much better experience. So the two do go hand in hand uh, with, with creating this really, really great, great product. They, they really do. And correct me if I'm wrong, but does this help publishers with their yield management in terms of ad blocking and people opting out of advertising when they're accessing their content? Is, is yeah, they can maximise a yield more. Absolutely, definitely, definitely. We will spend a lot of time talking to yield managers because, again, you're able to optimise who is seeing the advert. You're able to increase the value of the CPMs, the actual uh, you know, the, the value by which the ads are, are sold, um, and you're able to prevent uh, duplication um, and you know uh, overselling inventory. So that ultimately you're losing yield. So yeah, it really does work. A lot of the yield managers. Yeah, yeah, I can really see that. And, and out of interest, so from from like a personalization point of view, what what are you tracking on device when it comes to actually helping that real kind of yeah personalization, personalization and relevance piece for both the brand and the and and, and the publisher? Sure. So what we we do do a couple of things, um, and um, we we create a behavioral model on the phone. For a person, so um, and this is not exposed to Cavatic. It's not exposed to the client. So to be very clear to anyone listening, in it really is all the data that comes in and processed remains solely in an enclave or in in the device itself. Um, yeah. But but we um, we start off by learning and understanding the concept of home, where somebody lives, and that's really important because um, from an engagement point of view, you're often looking particularly mobile. Files, you're looking for windows of time that somebody can engage with your content and if you're looking for windows of time you need to go for going from home to work or home to school home to shopping um, and that's a different experience if i'm on my way from work to the gym i'm in the gym coming home that's a different media journey opportunity so we identify these windows of opportunity and we contextualize them having done that um, and learning home we're able to pull down to the device third-party data. And this is actually our A-type solution. And we pull down things like Experian or CACI data sets mm-hmm. that say, well, if this person lives in this postcode, uh, it likely means that they've got a social economic indicator of the number between 1 and 62, which has got meaning behind it. And advertisers use that to understand, and publishers use that to understand where's their brand reaching you know different brands different products have got different target audience groups and, and, yes. and the like um and so this validates that and it helps understand who's performing better who's not performing worse or performing worse um and we understand looking in at things like connectivity bluetooth all sorts of different data points within the phone to work out meaning of what a person is doing um for example if they go spend time in a golf course on a regular basis that person is likely to be a golfer um, so we can then, having had this data on the device, we can uh, find out from the agencies and the advertisers, who are they looking to target? I mentioned golf. So say Titleist want to sell a new golf ball to golfers. Um, they're going to find hey. a brand. <laughs> Yourself. Uh, I like golf as well. They're going to find, you know, what are the brands that golfers like to watch or listen to? Well, we can tell them, you know, this is where golfers are in the digital space. And then they can say, okay, well, I want to find somebody who's likely to go to a golf course and perhaps a couple of days before they likely to play golf. So, you know, perhaps you play golf 
once a month on a Saturday. So um, on a Thursday, once a month, we'll uh, be able to insert a golf ball advert. You might then go, oh, you know what? I'm going to play golf this weekend. I need to get some new golf balls. And you go to the pro shop. Yeah, I'll go for the Titleist ones. And yeah. that's how the whole ad system works. Um, and so... Um, the GA piece is massive, isn't it? So, so I was interested mm. from like a geo targeting point of view. What, what impact has COVID had on geo targeting? Because our behaviours are so different. Mm. My routines are really actually, you know, you know, I play more golf now. I was still working very hard, but that commuting to London every day, I've been able to sneak in nine holes here and there on a Monday, which uh, didn't ever. <laughs> careful, <laughs> careful, you get busted. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the COVID impact on Geo, what, what's that been for you guys and what have you sort of, sort of seen or noticed? I think what we've noticed above all else, things that matter to people are what people have been doing. So all of last year, we've been inside of all of Bound Media's apps and um, we saw some incredible consumption stats and when people consuming and, and the impact of journeys and not doing journeys and the overall consumption stuff. And, and that's had a real impact on, on, on strategy and work they've done. But the bits that I think have been really interesting with geotargeting ones, especially yourself, you've been able to play golf more often because that's really important to you. You've been able to do that. People have been um, more efficient with their shopping, going slightly less, but going for slightly longer. You've been able to identify which are the places where people um, particularly during the stricter lockdowns. Um, and then now, obviously, we don't have a lockdown at all. We're seeing a huge, a huge growth in movement uh, in the data. But um, again, you still get these key, key things that are important to people. It'll be interesting as more theatres open and more cinemas open and some more of the social evenings happen and, of course, the weather stuff and people going out for dinners and the likes. Um, you'll see... I think we'll see a wave of activity, which will then naturally die down um, as people get back to their actual, after the excitement is worn off, people get back to their okay. natural pattern of life. And, you know, I think we'll see a lot of um, things quite interesting for us is, is the commuter times. Um, I personally don't believe that people will be going back to the work five days a week for a very, very long time, if at all. It's hard to find a company that tries to roll up that policy without getting a lot of um, exactly. resignations pretty, pretty quickly. Absolutely. And because it's really it's great having the, the flexibility of the hybrid nature. But if I yeah. wanted to target you on a commute, that means I can't go for 7 o'clock on a Monday morning anymore or 8 o'clock on a yeah. Monday morning because most people won't be. It's going to vary. And you, I don't know if it will be... People will be doing, you know, the same day every day of the week or people will be very flexible the day or the two or three days that they do in the week. I think it'll be flexible for a lot of people. So being able to dynamically detect that and respond to that, I think it's going to be a really powerful capability. Um, so I think the whole pattern movement has changed. Yeah, I think it's really cool because although it will be flexible, people do settle, most people do tend to, set, tend to settle on a routine, don't mm. they? So old people say, oh, yeah. I'm going to do Tuesdays and Thursdays, or I'm going to do yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays, popular days, Mondays and Fridays. I'm not sure quite, um, quite, these are my personal views, and you know, I'm sure change from industry to industry, but yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. But I guess what the tech enables is, um, is to actually understand what is that person's routine. So, when is the right time exactly. to that person? And that's, it doesn't matter where people are, it's, it's timing and relevance that are the, 
I, absolutely. I mean, we're, one of our tools uh, are focused on notifications. So you know, notifications okay. on your phone. Um, we we have a, a tool that sends out notifications, um, but not not just on an explicit time, but on an action. So the next time you leave your home or the next time you're on a commute, see this notification. And here's a week long window by which I want this recommendation. Or if you've been away and you're coming home, here's a nudge to do something on the telly tonight. That's really um, of interest when you're doing the notifications, is that coming from a specific app and therefore publisher or is it coming from the device? So it, um, it's sent out by a publisher. So one of our clients would send it out as a publisher notification. Okay. And it does come from that app, but it appears on the device. So you can either do what's called an in-app notification, which is then if the app's open and it presents as part of that app experience, yeah. or it can be an out-of-app um, notification, which is like it's a push notification. So when you, you know, you're walking along, you get like a text message, you get a notification. So no, you know, from whoever, this is my message. Hmm. Have you seen, um, I don't know if you would have access to this, but I wonder if there'll be a greater uptick in like local advertising from the local coffee shop because people are working, you know, remotely more or just if, if uh, yeah, there's different, I mean, I, I don't know if, it, if you expect there to be an uptick in advertising from you know, local businesses that, that haven't necessarily used, used digital in, in, in that way. I think there should be. I think one of the challenges with digital with the exception of Facebook, who've been very, very good at making it open to small local businesses. They've been brilliant at it, yeah. They have been absolutely incredible um, at it. And I think that big agencies or big publishers ha haven't really harnessed the benefit of what they've got in their reach, um, and particularly in media apps. And I think there'll be a growth in that area. I think there should be a growth in that area because... There's lots of budget there. It's just, it's just, just exactly. a small budget. Exactly. Um, and... There's nothing wrong with it. If you can accurately identify the town where somebody lives or the postcode where somebody lives and that pub or that coffee shop or that supermarket, that independent shop wants to target people who live in this area, mm -hmm. um, that should be opened up and they should be able to say, well, I will tell everybody who lives, I live in Wimbledon, everyone who lives in Wimbledon, I want to, to advertise to them. What does that number look like? Okay, great. There are 200,000 people that would be, relevant uh to get my ad great you know a couple hundred quid done yeah. and, and and why not um and i think i think shops and, and and businesses will get a lot of benefit from that but it's a it's still quite a journey for the major publishers and broadcasters to move from the reliance on the very large agencies with very large budgets to open up inventory in a way that can be managed and you've got a lot of um you know, because a lot of these, these these apps and these products are Ofcom regulated, you've got to be very very careful what goes on these channels. Whereas on a Facebook ad, it is less regulated as we know, um, yeah. and so you know, there is a there just are checks and balances, there are complications that need to be considered in, in in how you open it up to the world, but entirely over uh, you know entirely possible to overcome those challenges. Yeah, I guess it comes down to scale and budgets and things as well. Yeah, yeah actually, viable from an exactly. economic um, point of view. Um, and so, privacy um, safeguards. What, what what ones do you have to have in place to be to be compliant with the GDPR? You mean yes. or the yes? Yeah, so, I mean, I think first and foremost, transparency is is one of the most important safeguards that you've got.
So you've got to make sure that what you're doing is very transparent and understandable by the user. Mm -hmm. um, we use location data for an awful lot of our work. Um, and so we have to be making sure that the app is being very open and honest about it. And so, um, you know, there's a prompt, can this um, app get access to your location? You know, make it really obvious. There's no need not to. Um, we've seen that well over 70% of people say yes, if they understand why, why it's being used. Um, and then from a, a technical point of view, you know, we make sure that we have no IDs in our system. Nothing is, uh, it's not possible to aggregate our data in a back end to then go back and say, oh, well, I know this, this and this, therefore that must be Ed or this must be Nick. Um, and so we do a lot of audits to make sure that none of our data types can be blended together to, to create that. Um, and then you have to add scale into it. So, you know, when I, I mentioned a type where we bring down third-party data to the device to really infer the SEI. We don't bring down the, um, the they call them ACORN codes for that one person or that one postcode where they live, we'll bring down a hundred. So it's entirely obfuscated. So if you were to somehow grab that request and then we look at our service layer, we don't know that postcode. We know that all of the ACORN codes in say Southwest London. Yeah. So you never have any data that is not less than a large number of people. So you can never go down to an individual. Anything, exactly. Anything that's reliant on the individual happens on the phone, on the device, in the individual's app and space. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. Privacy is, 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 is understandably, as you said, such a big topic. It has been I mean, since pre-GDPR and, and ongoing and people's awareness is, um, is, is, uh, is increasing so much. What else do you think is going to be big in our tech over next year? What, what, going to, what else is going to be on the, uh, on the agenda? I think effectiveness is, has got to be a big area of growth. So, you know, privacy and then effectiveness. Um, am I getting the return for the dollar I'm spending in my, in my ad budget? Yeah. Um, and how can a very private solution present back to an advertiser the performance of that advert? Um, so that's an area we're, we're working very heavily on. Um, and then, it, and then of course, it's cross-platform to so omni-channel advertising. So, mm -hmm. you know, a connected environment from your um, smart speaker to your connected TV, to your mobile app, to the web browser you're living in, particularly when we're at home so much and probably will be for a long time going forward. What's really cool there is it's omni-channel, but it's all omni-channel within digital. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no. It's so great that there's so many different 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 channels. I think uh, voice is a brilliant opportunity, and the uh, emergence of podcasts have been uh, have been great. Digital out of home, there's, yeah, there's so many um, yeah really cool opportunities. Yeah, I think it's going to be very very exciting area. I think because um, it's got a lot to bring, and it's really important. I mean, it's a um, I do believe advertising is hugely important actually for our society because it funds so much of the media, which is so intrinsically important in our culture. Uh, yes. That if so, advertising has to be effective, it has to work because while there's a huge shift towards subscription services, that's still not going to replace the money that can be driven and derived from advertising. Yeah, so it's a really important. important it's so important, yeah, it's so important that people. Um, understand um, the value of good journalism, but also that content isn't free. And yes. uh, and this is it's a, it's a really positive thing. And actually, that yeah, we get this amazing content and really good, really good journalism 
if we all understand that we're valuable as as consumers. But it's um, it's getting the uh, it was, it's understanding, isn't it? It's knowledge and, and then the experience people are having as well, and things like privacy being taken seriously. So yeah. it, all, it all comes into play. And so, what what are you um, what are you most excited about over the course of the next um, next twelve months for, for you and the team? So I think we well, I mean, we're, we're having a really really good time uh, deploying a type going out across major major global media organizations and then getting really excited about what we're doing so the next six months for us is very much rolling this out across uh across the globe we've got um, opportunities in australia and america and, and of course in europe that we're we're exploiting which is fantastic so our little team getting getting the product out yeah, there yeah, yeah. and then next year we'll probably look towards the end of the year to do a, a significant fundraise where we'll look to grow our team and, and maybe even open a base of operations in the US um, and start our, our little global expansion um, to, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, hopefully solving one of one of uh, ad techs or the ad industry, media industry's biggest challenges. Yeah, and I love that you're starting out that global um, global view. Out of interest, was that, was that always the plan to, 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 to go global so, so soon? Um. You know, actually, I, our, in, in I think maybe our, our second month, uh, of, we were just doing, um, you know, doing our prototypes, building out our tech. And we had a call from a, a broadcaster in Indonesia saying, okay. um, we, we've heard about what you're doing. We really want to see if, if uh, you'd be up for it. So suddenly the idea of um, going international, I mean, to be fair, there was a long way off from actually having a product and the whole thing didn't quite work out. But we ended up spending a lot of time thinking, about, oh God, should we be, be focusing outside of uh, outside of the UK quickly? So we've always had a little bit of a, an international sway and skew. Yeah. Um, but it's a challenge because the UK media industry and the tech industry is really advanced. It's so far advanced than you'd believe compared to other countries. So a lot of the challenges that we're solving for the UK haven't quite got to being big issues in some countries. So it is a, it's not a, it's not a flat playing field, which is interesting. So we help them obviously push forward. So exactly. international, so, sorry. And you're ahead of the curve. Exactly. Yeah. Which is just uh, to catch up with. Absolutely. But Google and Apple are helping. So that's great. <laughs> that's good. Everyone's on is a good, good place to start. And is America for you? If, if you were to open there, would you um, would you be on a plane visiting, or would you relocate? Um, yeah, no, I don't mind at all. I mean, actually, I grew up in America uh, when I was a kid for for a while. Um, I, lo I love the states. I love the US. Um, I do, however, love 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 the UK. I'm I'm not sure I'd move there, but I'd yeah. certainly be spending a lot of time there. Um, and uh, but I mean, as as demonstrated in the past past year and a bit, you know, we we've been working an awful lot of the US. Um, Zoom and, and uh, remote working is actually incredibly effective. Um, oh, okay. and made the world so much smaller in so many positive ways. Um, absolutely, and you know, you know, you can do an awful lot. Um, and then the US is only a few hours, really, time difference. So a late night's not a problem. And 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 working there, and then you know, yes, there's always an, an, a requirement and importance to do face to face and and see everybody once in a while. But I think it's not as it used to be where there was an expectation that if you were opening an office in the US or you're running a team in a different country, you had to be in front of that person or that team seven days a week. Um, we can be present 
we can be present in such a different way now and it's a really yeah. really healthy thing presenteeism in terms of being there for the sake of it is um everyone sort of acknowledges it's not it's not it's not the bill end of no i think so um which is great because it means if we do open in, in the US, we might not have to worry too much about offices and facilities. And it's more about finding the right staff and, and wherever they want to work to do the right work is probably a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Good stuff. All right, well, great. thank you so much. I've really enjoyed that. Great to learn about the, you and the, and the business. And yeah, it's been really, really, really interesting. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today. Cheers, Nick. Cheers. to Ed and Nick for this week's episode. If you want to find out more about the work that Nick and Kovatish are doing, we will link to them in the show notes and via our website. And we will hope you'll join us next month for another episode of the Life in Digital podcast.